Evernorth Health Services, we believe costs shouldn't get in the way of life-changing care. And we're doing everything in our power to make it possible. Behavioral health solutions that also keep your projections at their best? It's possible. Pharmacy benefits that benefit your bottom line? It's possible. Complex specialty care that cares about your ROI? It's possible. Because we're already doing it. All while saving businesses billions. That's wonder made possible. Learn more at evernorth.com slash wonder. I just got promoted and it's all thanks to Yes I Cannabis. A smoke and a pancake. Man, I never had no dope like that before in my life. It smells like the art teacher's office. I smell marijuana smoke. Will that be the smell of your grocery store soon enough? I don't know. Good to have you here this morning, Alex Pearson, with you. It's been a busy morning. I try to get into those uh, new numbers on inflation, see how they're tackling uh, and irritating us. And I, it's just there's so much going on. Uh, but certainly one of the talkers this morning is this global news revelation that uh, law laws and grocers, I guess they got a meeting uh, with the province after pushing for changes that would allow the giants of our, um, you know, supermarket sector to get into the bud business. And they got their hands on some internal documents where they had meetings with the Ford officials, including the uh, attorney general's office, hoping to get around some of the uh, rules, you know, in the weed market as far as selling. And again, I think the question comes down to, is there room in the market uh, for grocery stores? Because, like, the, you know, the whole premise, as we were told back in the day, of bringing in illegal weed was to get rid of the illegal weed. And it hasn't worked. The black market's still doing very, very well. And a biggest, I think the biggest complaints we hear from pot sellers is that there's too many stores selling it. So then what happens if you get, like, the big grocers getting in on the bud? How does that, how do you sell that? Or of for the need. Let's ask uh, Brad Polis, expert in cannabis business here, also a lecturer in entrepreneurship at the Ted Rogers School of Management at Toronto Metropolitan University, also author of the Small Business Operators Manual. Thanks so much, Brad, for joining. Hi, Alex. What do you make of this? Um, it's not a surprise. So, uh, you know, Loblaws through shoppers wanted to get involved in medical cannabis, really, right? Yeah. Right from the beginning of legalization. And if you have a look at... Uh, how that market has unfolded since legalization, it's really proven to be quite disappointing and that shoppers pulled out a little while ago from from medical cannabis. So it's not a surprise that they would like to, um, you know, gain a portion of the recreational industry. Um, it's, you know, would kind of align us with beer and wine. So those are both available in the um, uh, soon to be in convenience stores, but certainly in larger liquor, larger uh, um, t- grocery stores today. So, uh, but you know, you, you in the lead in, you were talking a little bit about need. I, I don't think we can argue that there's a need here. However, I'm not a big fan of that as an argument for for whether or not a business should be allowed to be, you know, to exist. Yeah, I mean, when when it comes to this particular market, um, the, the framework they that the governments have put into place, I, I think, is is needs a rework, right? Because, you know, you can have. 20 stores on one block in Toronto, and then you can go, 
you know, nowhere, there's nowhere near anywhere between here and Hamilton. I mean, the market's really wonky as to how they set it up. So you get people who own these stores saying, look, we can't make money because there's 10 other stores beside us. And then you've got these kind of barren areas across the province that don't have them. But I would think, and correct me, Brad, where uh, where I might be wrong, if you get these supermarkets in play, um, which have much bigger pockets and can do a lot, to, uh, I think, uh, to play with it, how do they better the market or how do they, um, I guess, take more of the black market? But how do they help the independent guys? Just trying to make a living on this. Yeah, no, it's not. It's not going to help the smaller players for sure. Um, and and it's not. Uh, you know, to go back to the discussion earlier, it's not really required today. So we, you know, that the, the although um, there are a handful of cannabis deserts like you spoke about, for example, uh, Oakville, um, you know, does not allow stores. Mississauga has changed their tune. So. So the desert's getting a little bit smaller, um, but anyway, you know we can't we can't really argue that there's a that there's a need. So it really comes down to how much you believe in free enterprise, and also how much does the government want to help these smaller players kind of get established? And that might be a good reason to perhaps limit uh, law laws or any of the larger grocery st- grocery stores or any grocery store, let's say, mm-hmm. um, get, get in the market. Now, I, I do think, though, and you, you touched on this, the, the, the government, we, we came up with some rules five years ago. Yeah. And the government did their best to, you know, figure out what would, what would be a good way to, you know, design this framework. But it's now time to take a look at it. And the, um, th- this notion that you can't have a cannabis store inside another store, I think, is silly. Uh, we, don't, we don't have that restriction on alcohol. So what's the logical argument for having it on cannabis? Uh, Sure, I understand why they had the rule out of the gate back in 2018, 2019, but we're smarter now. So I, I think co-location is something that the Ontario government should absolutely look at uh, relaxing. Yeah, Whether that involve grocery stores or some other form of co-location. <laughs> right. I mean, there are a number of things that, you know, that, that, that um, retailers will say need to be looked at. It's stores, how many you put in a city on a block, uh, price being charged, taxes. I mean, there's just... There wasn't, I think, a lot of thought put in when, when this was all uh, put into play because, of course, when, when the prime minister ran on it, it was kind of like on 420 when he said, oh, yeah, I'll run on pot, and then that became his right. thing. Uh, but we do have the details now, and, and I do agree with you that we need to do this overhaul. Having said that, what are the laws that they have now that keep the big supermarkets out? Well, you can't have a store within a store, so that's just not allowed. They, all stores have to be standalone. Right. So you can, for example, there are some convenience stores run by Kush Tark yeah. that have fire and flowers co-located in the same building, but a separate premises. So just like, you know, if you have a cannabis store and then you have a, you know, a hairdresser in a mall, they're, they're separate premises, even though they're in the same building. So that's allowed, but you can't co-locate inside the store the way a wine rack or a, a dry cleaner is inside a, a Walmart or a, or a Loblaws today. That's not allowed. Yeah, it's wonky. It's really wonky, i got to be honest, because then you'll get like a safe injection site like by a, a daycare <laughs> and, a, and a children's <laughs> school, but you can't have a pot shop there. And, and it, there's no rhyme or reason to how they're doing any of this. That's right? another one of the rules that I think needs to get relaxed. There's no reason why a cannabis store needs to be 500 meters away from a school. We don't do that with alcohol. Well, I'd say if you can't have heroin, then if you can't have pot, then certainly you shouldn't be able to have heroin. <laughs> I will agree with you there. All right. So as far as you're concerned, Brad, at what point should we be seeing what the pot market looks like in in Canada? Because we haven't gotten rid of the black market. We've still got retailers really struggling to make a a go of it. 
Mm -hmm. Um, And now we've got supermarkets wanting to play. Like, at what point should we be seeing kind of the dust settle and and see what what, what it looks like and what it can look like? Well, first off, I, I think we're doing okay with respect to getting rid of the illicit market. Um, you know, they're down to about roughly 45% of the total. That's kind of in line with where Colorado was at this point in time. So I, I think, you know, we're, we're doing all right. But, but that said, I, if I was the Ontario government, I wouldn't be doing anything with respect to changes until uh, the federal government releases their report sometime in March for um, what the what the production framework is going to look like. I think I would want to see what that what those changes this changes that are recommended say before I attack the retail side as a you know as the Ontario government. And just quickly before I let you go, is there a demand for it? Uh, that's the other thing. At what point do the do the big grocers look at it and go, this isn't really worth our hassle? How much are they going to make on this, given the struggle everywhere else? Uh, that's, that's an experiment that's yet to be had. Um, I, there's, you know, most places have plenty of access for cannabis. Yeah. It's not really needed, as we said earlier, although I don't believe need should enter into it from, a, from the government's point of view. You know, they should allow anybody that wants to have a cannabis store license that can meet the license regulations, should be allowed to have it. If you don't do that, then what you're doing is you're creating artificial scarcity. Mm-hmm. And all that does is enrich small numbers of people um, and, and, frankly, to the detriment of the, of the consumer. So you've got to let the market work. And what that means is, unfortunately, out of the, I think we have around 1,700, 1,800 stores today that are at least authorized, they may not all be open, Many of them are going to go under, but that's what happens in any nation in, yeah, industry. Yeah, that's the joys of being an entrepreneur. Having right. said all that, hey, if you if you can sell it and uh, put the Cheetos right by, that's a win, no? And it's unfortunate that with the rules that we have today, a cannabis store can't sell Cheetos. I know it's crazy. It's crazy. I think so. Having said that, stay tuned. Appreciate your insight into this, Brad. Anytime, Alex. There you go. That's a uh, uh, Brad Paulus uh, joining us here today, and. Um, Again, this was the business that I, I think was made on a, a, a women a fly by the, the prime. He wasn't the prime minister then. He was the leader of the Liberal Party. And it was one of those ideas that uh, caught on fire. He ran on it. But since in play, the pot set up provincially and federally has been a disaster. And um, I'm not sure where we're going with this because I, I don't know where the demand is for big grocers to supply what maybe the store in your community could do. But again, what do I know? But is there the need for it? Is there a market that can support these kinds of, uh, you know, big grocers uh, to sell this? You know, I, I, the market will speak ultimately. And what does it mean for the small guys and gals trying to make uh, a living? Again, will it get rid of the black market?